quite a lot of people don't like Transporter 4 or Transporter Refueled, as it's also called, and I think I know why. This film has very little soul. It is a collection of images and scenes, but that doesn't mean to say it's not entertaining or easy to watch, because it is. Both of those things at different times. It's not always entertaining. It is always easy to watch. Now, it doesn't contain Jason Statham. I think he was in the first one. Was he in the second or the third? I think he was in Hummingbird, and that wasn't very good. And he was in the Meg 2 as well. That wasn't good either. But the first Meg film was good, wasn't it? He's in The Expendables, isn't he? The first one's good. I don't know about the others. Anyway, he might have been in the second and the third. He was certainly in the first. And that did well enough to enable another movie. He's not in this one. So this one will be Ed Screen. Screen? Screen? British actor who came to prominence in as the villain in the first Deadpool movie. Very nice. And he does that sort of... Jason Statham quiet, well not just Jason Statham but quite a lot, you know, and Keanu Reeves actually in a way, quiet, contained, can jump to action whenever he's called to, that sort of thing. He is lean, young, he's got that sort of look about him. Jason Statham doesn't have that look, he's more, he's, Jason Statham is, it's more like a sort of, um, He's less, he's less sharp, he's less sharp, but he's got heft, hasn't he? Whereas this gentleman, Ed, who's not called upon to do very much here, but he, in fact, he doesn't really lead the film. He kind of lays off that, which allows the, uh, he doesn't have to do very much. He does that very well. Um, he's not called upon to do much. And if he did more, it would probably unbalance the movie because really, what this is, it's a selection of action movie tropes. It's a, a really warm handshake, generally. It's, it's a semiotic agreement. Semiology, it's in its most overview and basic form, I suppose. It's directed by Camille Delamar, with, thankfully, none of that sort of quick, Get some quick action in here. Let the, let the camera be really jerky. Let's edit all these things to within an inch of their lives. That sort of thing. But what it does do is, it does give you quite a lot of sub-bond shot from above expensive and well-heeled towns next to nicely blue sea with a car driving across curvy along curvy roads. That's not a name. But it could be. That sort of shot, you know, this gentleman has directed, or rather edited, some of the other Transporter movies, so he knows what he's doing with this. Quite clearly he does. And there are some really good, um, some really good scenes here and, and moments, but none of them really add up to anything that you think is new. Not that I want anything new from this movie. You know when you're going to watch it that whether they're bringing it back, and this is from 2015, whether they're bringing it back or not, you know, it, you know it's going to be like the first film. It did very well. It made more than, well, uh, more than treble its money back. 
you know, the budget back. That's great. Great. And fair enough, there are a lot of people involved in producing it and distributing it. And it's it's got European distribution and European filmmakers and, you know, companies and all that. And um, it's written by Adam Cooper, Bill Collage and Luke Bessel. Who, these three writers, I mean, they, they give you so many MacGuffins that you, you're MacGuffined out, really. Here's the basic plot. The first, it, the, the transporter here is a gentleman called Frank, Frank Martin, Frank Martin Jr., who is... Ex-Special Forces. Of course he is. He didn't work in a, a, a blooming cafe, did he? He wasn't a barista. Of course he wasn't. He needs to be Special Forces so he can do all that kind of... That sort of fighting later on. They don't make that kind of noise. But I would. In fact, I'd be making this noise. Oh, God. Oh. Yeah. Um, so he's Ex-Special Forces. Now he's a transporter. He gets jobs and... Transports things by car, pretty much like Jason Statham did. He's like a sort of Uber driver, only a really well burnished Uber driver. He's not delivering your McNuggets. He's not doing that. He's he won't ask what the cargo is because it's probably something that's not ideal. His father, by the way, is a gentleman called Frank Martin Senior. So he calls Frank Junior, and he's um. He's an ex-secret agent, a retired secret agent. They play a game where he pretends to be a, a salesman and said he's got a 790-something euro pension every month. And I see you, you're going to buy a boat. That's a, that's a, not a, so that's a bit expensive for a 795 euro pension. Oh, wow, I've been saving up. There's all that going on. So he's well-versed. It's a secret agent and special forces family, like a two-car family. Same sort of thing, you know. And I suppose if if you've done that, you know, often teachers' families tend, you know, the father tends to be a teacher or the mother and the children tend to be teachers sometimes and you've got the same thing in the clergy, haven't you? And it must be the same thing with secret agents and special forces. What else would you do? I want to be an administrator. Get out of my house. That sort of thing. So the basic plot, and I'll just give you the basics because there are lots... I mean, you don't need to be bothered too much by this. Are that he is hired by uh, somebody who's blonde, a woman who's blonde, and I say that because they will. There are four of them, four of these women. They will all take the blonde wigs off, and they'll be, they'll, ha- they'll all have similarly black hair underneath those wigs. Must be bloody good wigs. You don't see any of that black hair underneath the wig. But he is. Um, hired by by someone to do a job. He doesn't want to know what it is. He gets half the pay now and half when the job's completed. In the meantime, his father, who has a date with his son, has bought a very expensive 900 euro bottle of wine. Um, the person at the, at the wine shop doesn't think he can afford it until he puts his until he puts his American Express card down and he looks over his head and says, oh, well, that's all right then, sir. So there's all that going on. It's good to have ostentation quite a lot of this, you know. I think it's an Audi he's driving. I think it is. Um, Frank Martin Jr. And um, he is then um, tasered and captured by one of the other women of the four. Now, 
They are four women who are ostensibly moles, gangsters, moles, L-O-L-L-S. Don't get that word very often now, do you? I'm bringing it back. Moles um, of a kind of modern gangster type. More of that in a minute. And they've gone rogue. So they are trying to steal money from all sorts of different gangsters. And they need Frank Martin's help. So they have, according to them, drugged his father. They've got a case with ice in it and, and you know, and, and vials of poison. Because you have to have the ice in there. Crushed ice. You, know, you can't just put it in the fridge. You have to have a case with ice in it. And um, they put it in his beer. Cut to a beer glass. It's like a Watney's Red Barrel glass. It's like, it's like you're in the pub. They're in a warehouse and he, they've got a special beveled, beveled mug for him. But, you know, it's weird. Anyway, he has only got a certain amount of time to live. To be honest, Ray Stevenson, who's playing Frank Martin, sadly passed now, and he's playing the father, he doesn't seem too bothered. He takes the whole thing with equanimity. Later on, he will be captured again by the real bad guys. Doesn't seem bothered by that either. So there's no real... No one's in any kind of peril here. People do get shot. In fact, most of the uh, the four blonde or rather black-haired women get shot. One of whom has had a romantic interlude with with Frank and tells her about her his her story, which is that you know she comes from an impoverished family and all of that. And uh, so you kind of think it's all right that you're doing this. Then um, I think she gets shot, or does she? I might have lost, I might have lost sight of this, but because um, I, I, you know, one of those films that you don't really have to concentrate on too much. But I suppose there was a time when I had to concentrate, and I wasn't doing. I might have been picking my belly button fluff. I don't know. But um, anyway, they all get. I mean, quite a lot of them get shot and killed. I mean, they're killed, and you still don't feel there's any kind of mild peril at all, even mild. So. They want to do a deal where they steal money from someone and it's, it's all quite high tech. So he's got a rave club. It's not really a rave club. I've been to raves and it's not a rave club. It's not a rave club. It's a club with goods of ostentation in it. There's nothing to do with rave. And they, they, they've stolen a sort of, I don't know, sleeping gas and they change it for the gas in the fog machine yeah, it's yeah. It's not a rave club, and um, and everybody sleeps, and the bad guy sleeps, and they transfer money and all of that. So during this particular situation, it's the first time, and I suppose this is about a third of the way through the film that we do get Frank Martin Jr. showing his special forces training because there's him with four guys. Another movie trope from action movies and beats them up. There is a lovely scene actually where they're in a kind of corridor. It's it's a sort of either, either side of this corridor are those kind of old library um, receptacles. You know where you've got the Dewey Decimal System? And um, you didn't think I'd be talking about a Dewey De- Decimal System when reviewing a, an action movie, did you? No, there you go, you see, full of surprises. And you know when you when you have those little drawers that you can pull out? I don't think that you would have a really close corridor with both those drawers back to back. 
I don't think you would because it would be very difficult to use that on a daily basis. However, it's really good for this scene because he keeps trapping people's arms in the, and legs in the drawers. Really nicely done. And there's a lovely scene which follows this when they try to get out and they've been alerted, the, the henchmen, and they're all out and, he's, and, and all the women are in the car as well. And he's the driver, of course, the getaway driver. So he says, stay here, puts the car in drive, it's an automatic, puts the car in drive and lets it roll and says, don't touch anything. And then clears the way by beating up these gentlemen <laughs> before they get to the locked gates, which they're going to ram raid, of course. Ram raid. Yeah. Um, or ram, you know. Um, so it, they're all in the car saying, do something, put the brakes on. And he's trying desperately to clear out the, to walk in front of a rolling car, clearing the way. It's very well done, actually. Very nice. But there are some scenes where you think, what's happened here? For instance, there's another group of uh, gangsters who are all linked, you know. And and it, it, he's on a plane and it's his own private jet. It's a jumbo jet. No, if you've got your own private jet, it needs to be a kind of Lear jet, something fast and sleek. Not a jumbo jet. That's the wrong kind of idea completely. It's it's just a little detail. You think, well, you, you know, you, you've, you've created the other tropes really well here. So I'm just wondering why you've thought that it would be appropriate for a jumbo jet. Anyway, they have to sort of, what they want to do is to get, is to pierce his operation and drug him, which they do. And the way to do that is to have Frank Senior, who, remember, has been drugged and has only about 12 hours to live. He suddenly turns up with one of the women, who's you know doing the heists and all that, as a pilot. I mean, he doesn't know how to fly a plane, so he has to do all of the checks and things first. And, uh, and then he has to get out of there. But um, they've got the pilot tied up, and they've got, and there are other blokes suddenly who they must be friends with. Um, because they, they have a key to a safe that they get money out of. And anyway, it, they convince this gangster that, yes, the and it's quite fun, actually, in that the the pilot who's tied up has to read from a from a, from a, a piece of paper, which is, I would highly recommend him. That's quite good, actually. But so it's the dad who's been captured and has, has been poisoned. And at no point do you think... Well, he's rather resentful of doing this because he's been captured and poisoned and now he has to take part in this. He seems to be enjoying every minute of it, which has its own charm, but I don't know whether or not it's appropriate. Not sure. Anyway, this is a very good scene because they taxi. Do, 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 do. They taxi and then she has to get his fingerprint so that she can transfer money, his money and all that. And then she says, we're, we're on. So, he, the co-pilot, um, is left to run the plane. Then, um, but he's not very happy, of course, because the pilot's going. So, he sort of says, hey, he gets smacked and he's unconscious, falls onto the lever that's the thrust thing. So, they want to leave by the, um, the little door that's by the wheels. It's only moving very slowly, so they could jump out, but suddenly... It's taxiing at great speed. So they, they can't get out. And so Frank Jr. has to bring the car underneath that little 
that little um, door thing. I have to jump out that way. Things like that are quite good, actually. There are scenes that are all right. Um, but not many. I mean, as I say, it's beautifully filmed. It looks really clean and really expensive. It really does. And that's what we probably want, you know. But you got tropes like women dancing in front of a load of gangsters with a rap backing. At one point, one of the gangsters, who will be the main gangster because he was on the other side. It seems he's, I think he's Russian. He was on the other side when, um, he remembers Frank from Special Forces days. I remember you from the Special Forces days. Well, it's not exactly that kind of dialogue. But at one point, he is in a jacuzzi on the phone with a woman dancing next to him, ankle deep in the jacuzzi. It's a bit, bit weird, actually. There's a, there's quite a lot of shots. There are quite a lot of uh, establishing shots of, you know, from the, from above. But also, let's take a picture. Let's get an establishing shot of this building. And it does work. It really does work. It's the kind of thing Bond does as well, you know. Um, there's a car chase around the beautiful vista with a slow-mo. Uh, the police cars being ruined. Police bikes being ruined. There's a um, a scene in a, in a, um, a tunnel, you know, where, where he's doing lots of twists and turns and all that. And clearly a very good driver. And then... And then they go back into the street and there are there are three fire hydrants and he manages to do a donut. I know what a donut is in the car, you know, turning it round and just knock the, the the top off or the front off every fire hydrant so that it spews out water and one of the um, police motorcyclists takes an unholy bump. I mean, really, it's a very good stunt, you know, because um, he does look like he crashes right into the road and he somersaults for probably about 20 feet. It's rather good, you know. There's a moment where he set, he changes cars. We need to change cars. They're in an underground car park. There's lots of underground car parks in these movies, aren't they? Aren't they? And they say, what are we going to do? You've left the car. And he's got a remote control thing. And he the car blows up. Now, I thought, what if your dad was in that car? And they haven't told you, um, Frank, you put your dad in the boot. And then not only does he do that, so you see it exploding in the rearview mirror, of course. But then he also presses a button on the on the control, you know, the the automatic control thing, puts it in a in a bin, and that explodes as well, and doesn't set the whole place on fire, which is very surprising. Um, I by the way, Frank's dad hasn't been um, poisoned at all. It was water. Now they they might have questioned that earlier on. I think they they might have done that. It might be. Might have been good. There's things like, you know, later in the movie where they're where they're going to get to the denouement. They have a um, a sort of soul song and all that kind of stuff. And there is a scene where it all kicks off later on. Everyone's shooting at everyone else, and his dad said, "You don't carry a gun," and he doesn't because he's a good guy. You see, always try to do the right thing, and he holds off several gunmen with a fire extinguisher. He blows a fire extinguisher in people's face and they stop firing. I'm not... Now, I've never been in a kind of gunfight situation with a fire extinguisher. It's not something that happens. Friday, two o'clock, gunfight with a fire extinguisher. And, and, and I've never been in one of those, but I think probably people would still be firing. Don't you think? I mean, it, it, if you're going to fire a gun, putting... Blowing a fire extinguisher in someone's face probably won't be enough to put you off. 
if you're familiar with gunplay. And we finish with um, father and son having a good time, and then six months later or a month later or something, one of the women, and I think it must have been the one who was impoverished and who had the bit with, with Frank Jr., um, is transferring lots of money, which you can do with a, the right swipe of your finger to different impoverished people she knows, and they've all got 75 million. So I wasn't on that list. I don't think about checking my bank account. But um, it's really well done. It, it, it's got very low um, ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and that kind of thing. But you've got to admire the clean way it's shot and all of those action movie tropes. The performances are either conforming to that or just really vacuous. And the main performance, as I've said, really kind of... um, I think it's more difficult than we think, you know. It's screen, it's grind. Maybe he could tell me how to pronounce that name. But because he comes off it, which also Jason Statham does, he doesn't lead. He comes off it. Everything is done to him in his movies. And that's the case here. And, and, and that, that kind of diffidence is really hard to do when you're an action hero. And that's one of the reasons why Statham works so well. And that's one of the reasons why this works so well with Ed. So I'd rather enjoyed it. I don't feel bad about saying that. It's well designed. It has no soul. But then, if you're looking for a well designed action movie, is that a real problem? Probably not. But I still don't know how they got all that money transferred. I might have fallen asleep. I, I, I could have done. It's a possibility. Anyway, transport, Transporter 4 Refueled is there for you. It's not unleaded and um, it, it's not unusual, as Tom Jones would tell us. Ta ta.